What is going on? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of The Proving Ground. As always, I'm your host, The Engineer, getting you ready for UFC Vegas 86, another visit to the Apex facility, and the last stop on the road to UFC 298 next week. But first things first, let's take a look back at last week, UFC Vegas 85. We cashed our position on the main event going long and we cashed our plus money parlay. Thanks to all who gave such positive feedback on the plus money parlay. But I think we're going to have to call it something else. Maybe the chalk to cheese parlay. Plus money parlay sounds a little bit too exciting, like it's a plus 1000 spot or something. Not the case, my friends. I might be tracking the fearless long shot strategy each week on the podcast, but that doesn't mean I shy away from chalk. So going forward, we might start to do this each week looking for three to four very chalky spots that can be combined into a plus money parlay. Last week, we gave out. The main event starts round two, the silver money line. Johnson versus Maxim fight starts round two, and Garimbo Rodriguez fight does not go to decision. That cashed at plus 115. It wasn't always smooth sailing. It started out easy enough with Garimbo winning in 32 seconds, then we get Charles Energy Johnson versus Azat Maxim. It was an early finish on the Maxim side that was the risk here, and Maxim dropped Charles with a huge right hand early and almost locked in a gnarly submission. For a moment, I was worried. But then I remembered, it's Energy we're talking about here. My man cannot be finished. He survived round one and went on to win by decision. Then the silver money line hits, our read on that fight was spot on, Vivi went to the grappling to try and slow the fight down and control silver, but to no avail, and the main event went to a decision, cashing the last leg of our chalk to cheese parlay, and also cashing our single bet on fight starts round four. But enough about the past, let's look into the future, to UFC Vegas 86 this weekend. This is the proving ground. Alright, let's get into it folks. Up first in the main event, we have Jack the Joker Hermanson at plus 210 versus Joe Pfeiffer at minus 270 in the middleweight division. Jack has been a little up and down in recent years. In fact, he's gone win-loss, win-loss every fight for the last eight fights. Most recently, losing in the second round to Roman Delice in December. It's a very puzzling UFC run that Jack has had. There was a time beginning in 2017 where he won six out of seven fights. Then he loses to Jared Canyonier, submits the incredibly durable Kelvin Dick Gastelum in round one, and has traded wins and losses ever since. We know what we're getting with Jack. Volume, defense, cardio, consistency. Fights that go long. After all, our boy Jack has only finished one opponent in in the last five years. Unlike his opponent, Joe Pfeiffer... Old Joey P over here has only had one of his 14 career starts hit the cards, a unanimous decision win in his second professional fight. Since arriving in the UFC proper in 2022, Pfeiffer has gone 3-0 and and quickly become a fan favourite, scoring wins over Alan Amadowski, Gerald Mearshart and Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Look, we know what the game is here. Joey is already a star following his run on the Contender Series. And he has been the recipient of some very favorable stylistic matches to get his UFC career started. Joe has power, real power. He isn't the highest volume striker, but he doesn't need to be. Joe's a one-and-done type guy with incredible speed and athleticism, coupled with an ability to get hold of his opponent and get them to the ground if need be. 
Joe's dangerous everywhere, and so far we haven't seen someone who is able to stand up to his physicality or drag him into deep enough waters to test his own cardio and durability. I think we all strongly suspect that Joe will be getting off to a fast start here, walking down Hermanson, trying to overwhelm him with speed and power, doing heavy damage on the feet, looking to either knock Jack out or to get the fight to the ground. And I have to say, folks, I'm not sure Jack will be the one to test Pfeiffer here. Jack is 35 years old, but much older in fight years. He's going to be at a speed and power disadvantage here. He'll struggle to take Joe down and keep him there. Is there a world in which Hermanson manages to survive the early storm and outlast Pfeiffer down the stretch? Yes, but beyond that, I don't see too many other paths to victory here. Pfeiffer, on the other hand, I can see Joe knocking Jack out on the feet. I can see him finishing him on the ground. And I can also see him winning a decision where he might get outlanded in terms of volume, but does the greater damage. So I'm picking Joe to win this fight. In terms of the money line, however, the edge here is with Hermanson. But if you're looking for value, look for the fight to start round four or indeed a late finish by either fighter. But for our official bets, we'll be locking in. Fight starts round four at plus 140. Fight starts round five at plus 205. And in the co-main event, we have Dan Ige at minus 179 with a comeback on his opponent Andre Feely at plus 143 in the featherweight division. Speaking of trading wins and losses, Andre Feely has traded wins and losses over his last nine fights, if you're willing to accept one of those wins being a no contest. And unfortunately for Andre, he's coming off a win. But what he will have working in his favor is four inches of height, three inches of reach, and two takedowns per 15 minutes, plus a 70% takedown defense rate. We've got a couple of grapplers here who don't mind standing and trading. In fact, each of Philly and Ige have only scored one takedown each in the last four fights. They're two of a kind, wrestlers who sometimes get out-wrestled. See what Bryce Mitchell did to both of them. And therefore, they often just keep it standing. So don't be surprised to see this one stay on the feet a little longer than it should. With the height and reach that Andre has, you'd think he'd be able to keep Ige at range and pick him apart from the outside. But it's Dan who has the higher accuracy and better defense, and he won't have any problems getting in Andre's face. I'm picking Dan Ige to win this fight. In terms of the money lines, there is a decent edge on Philly, so look for the Philly money line or an early finish on either side if you're leaning a particular way. Up next in the middleweight division, we have Robert Brasek at minus 164 with a comeback on Ihor Pateria at plus 132 in the middleweight division. Ihor, the duelist Potiera, has been copping it in the teeth lately. MMA fans have long memories. Since dancing over the fallen body of an absolute legend of the game, Shogun Hua, in his retirement fight, sorry, still a little emotional here, since then, my man Ihor has suffered back-to-back -back knockout losses. Firstly to Carlos Ulberg, and at least that one was quick, but then to Rodolfo Bellato, where Ihor almost had Bellato out of there before gassing and getting finished himself late in the second round. I think the read on Ihor is in. He's a fast starter, carries power in his hands, and now he's up against a UFC debutant in Brasek, who has scored five first-round finishes in his last five fights. I think we can see what's happening here. Another knockout loss would not be good for the duelist. But let's dig a little deeper. Despite being billed as a fast-starting, hard-hitting, up-and-coming prospect, 
Brasek is actually six years older than Ihor and with more decision wins on his record. Six, in fact. And it's not like Brasek's record is stacked with absolute killers either, although there are a few decent wins on his record. As for the breakdown, we'll keep it simple. Ihor has shown some real holes in his striking defense. The man is eating more than 6.5 significant strikes per minute. Brasek hits like a truck and is surging. Ihor is get or get got and is fading. And the UFC is lining him up here. Give me Robert Brasek to win this fight. In terms of the money line, there is quite a decent edge on Ihor in this fight, but I have to say there's actually quite some value on a round one finish here too, which is not out of the realms of possibility. But you know me, I'm out here chasing dreams. So give me fight starts round three at plus 350 and fight goes to decision at plus 525. Sticking to the middleweight division, up next we have Brad Tavares, your underdog at plus 195 against Gregory Robocop Rodriguez at minus 250. This is a fun one, ladies and gentlemen. This is my main event of the evening. I love Brad Tavares fights. Whether he's making us afraid to look at the screen in a Chris Weidman fight, getting battered by Bruno Silva or DDP, or decisioning his way to decisions. And I love Robocop fights. My first instinct is always to say that Robocop is durable and never gets finished. I think I'm half right. He is durable, but I'm also half wrong. My man does get finished. Two of his last three losses are in fact by KO. Look, one thing's for sure, Robocop can crack. And Tavares is prone to getting cracked. Tavares is as well-rounded and as experienced as they come, but I don't like the trajectory that he's been on of late. He might only be 36 years old, but he's got some miles on him. I don't think he's dangerous enough to get Robocop out of there, and I don't think he can take three rounds of Robocop's power. So give me Gregory Rodriguez to win this fight. Once again, in terms of money lines, there is a decent edge on the Tavares side, but if you want real value, have a look for Tavares by decision or Robocop by first round finish. And up next in the lightweight division, we have Michael Johnson versus Darius Flowers. Johnson is something of a throwback. And I don't really need to explain his career here. Real ones, no. He's as close to a 500 fighter as you'll find in the UFC. I've had a hard time analyzing and predicting Johnson's fights over the years, but that ends today, my friends. I think we've cracked the code. How many takedowns has Johnson scored since 2019? The answer is one. How many fights has he been taken down in since 2019? The answer is two. And he lost both those fights. How many fights has he been outstruck in since 2019? Two. And he lost both those fights too. And occasionally, he just gets his lights put out, so he loses those fights too. So can Darius take Johnson down? Can he out-volume him on the feet? Or can he just spark him and get him out of there? If not, he's not going to win this fight. Darius is eight years younger, significantly less experienced, only one UFC fight versus the 37-year-old's 28 UFC starts. Last time out, we saw Darius getting strangled by Jake Matthews. Both men have decent striking volume, but Johnson has the superior striking defense. Look, Darius does occasionally spark people, and he did manage to take down Matthews before being strangled. But I don't think we have much evidence here to point to Darius being able to achieve any of the three criteria that we have discussed. So give me the veteran Johnson to win this fight. In terms of money lines, they look spot on here. 
So method of victory props on Johnson if you have a read or just look for the fight to go long. And that's exactly the direction we're going. Give me fight starts round three at plus 120 and fight goes to decision at plus 200. And up next, returning to the middleweight division, we have Rodolfo Vieira versus Armand Petrosian. Vieira, your favorite, is sitting at minus 122 with the comeback on Petrosian, a very narrow minus 102. Look, let's keep this style of quick analysis going. Some might say it's the lazy man's approach to handicapping. I say it's the thinking man's preferred methodology. And what do we have here? A striker versus a grappler. Last time out, we saw Vieira, the grappler, submitting Cody Brundage with relative ease. Vieira needs to get this fight to the ground. Look, he can stand and trade, but his volume is a little low, the striking defense is below 50%, and nothing flows. He's not in his element on the feet. We've seen Vieira five times in the UFC, and he's lost two of those fights. The first against Anthony Hernandez, he managed to score takedowns but ended up being submitted. The second against the action man, Chris Curtis. Well, nobody takes Chris Curtis down, and Vieira is no exception. So he fell behind in the volume on the feet, allowing Chris to take the unanimous decision win. So he loses if he can't get the fight to the ground or if he gets caught in a submission. Armin Petrosian, the striker, won't be in much danger on the feet. If he keeps the fight standing, he's your winner. But my man Petrosian has a takedown defense rate of 36%. If Fiera gets the fight to the mat, Petrosian will have problems. His get-up game is not fantastic and he's not going to be lacing up submissions on the grappling ace Fiera. Look, there's every chance that Petrosian either sparks him early on the feet or just frustrates Vieira by keeping the fight standing. But I think one or two takedowns could be all that Vieira needs. So give me Adolfo Vieira to win this fight. Once again, with the money lines, they're set incredibly tightly. Stay well away. There is decent value on a first round Vieira submission, but not quite enough to tempt me. Moving to the welterweight division, Trevin Giles is your underdog at plus 205 with a comeback on Carlos Pretes at minus 263. Ladies and gentlemen, this fight fascinates me. Trevin Giles is good at one thing and one thing in particular, making nothing happen. The man has amongst the lowest levels of activity on the feet I have ever seen, but he also has really good striking defense. So often when the fight is standing, no one is doing damage and no one is taking damage. My man is a pacifist. He also isn't the most active in terms of hunting for takedowns and submissions, but his takedown defense is good. So try and hit him and you'll miss. Try and take him down, you won't be able to get in on those hips. Trevin's opponent, Carlos, is making his UFC debut following a win on the Contender Series in August of last year. Look, other than his Contender Series fight, I haven't watched a lot of tape on Carlos, to be honest. I'll keep this one brief. There is a real chance that Carlos spikes Giles early and puts him away. But if the fight extends late into rounds two and three, look for the wily vet Giles to frustrate Carlos and make the fight ugly. If the fight hits the cards, I wouldn't want to be holding a minus 263 ticket on Carlos. So give me Trevin Giles to win the fight. There is a huge edge on Giles on the money line here so very close to tempting me but for now i'll be sitting this one out moving to the women's strawweight division we have loma look at minus 270 versus bruna brazil at plus 210 
Look, I'm a huge Loma fan. I love the way she looked in her last fight. I was in the crowd, up on my seat, carrying on like a pork chop when she strangled Elise Reed in Sydney, Australia. Loma is a fantastic kickboxer, and I think the whole MMA community was really has really enjoyed watching her round out her skill set. She certainly took Elise by surprise in their last fight. At the start of round two, Loma turned into a wrestler, taking the back of Reed and locking in the rear naked choke. At this point, her record was one win by KO, zero wins by submission, and six wins by decision. So I don't think too many people saw this one coming. These new skills will serve Loma well. She was a little one-dimensional early in her career. And she'll also be giving up height and reach in almost every fight. There's no difference here. She'll be giving up five inches of height and four inches of reach in this spot to Bruna Brazil. And after a wonderful head kick KO on the contender series against Manic Man, Bruna has had a rough start to her UFC career, getting TKO'd by Denise Gomez in April last year. She then had a bit of a buy low spot against Shauna Bainan, winning a decision that was not particularly competitive. Look for Loma to pull ahead with volume on the feet. She has a fantastic striking differential. And Bruna may have some success on the ground, but I think Loma's improved takedown defense and ability to actually pursue an offensive grappling strategy may nullify this. I don't like the price, but give me Loma Lukbunmi to win this fight. Look, these money lines are crazy, and there's strong value on Bruna here, as well as Bruna by KO, TKO, or second round finish. But you won't see me going against my girl Loma, so I'll be sitting back and enjoying this one from the couch. And in the men's light heavyweight division, we have Devin Brown Bear Clark at minus 227 with the comeback on Marcin Pracnio at plus 180. Last time out, we saw Clark getting caught in a nasty standing guillotine choke from Kennedy Enzachukwu. Now, here's a stat for you. The Brown Bear has had 16 UFC fights. How many finishes do you think he has scored over that run? One against William Knight. Does that one still even count? So we know what the game is here, folks. Look for Clark to take this fight deep in, into the later rounds. But also, look for him to take it to the ground. On the feet, Clark is low volume, but he's an active wrestler. And whilst he doesn't have the best takedown accuracy, he'll chain his attacks together to get the fight to the floor. From there, it's position over submission for sure, with Clark looking to rack up control time. And if we look at Praknia, who is predominantly a striker, his last two losses are to Vitor Petrino and to Felipe Linz, where he suffered four takedowns in each fight. He lost both those fights despite having the highest striking output. If we can trust Clark to stick to a game plan, he should have a clear path to victory here. So give me Devin Clark to win this fight. At the window, there is a decent edge on Praknia here, but there's an even bigger edge on an early finish. Not enough to tempt me though, I'll be sitting this one out. Up next in the welterweight division, we have Max Griffin, who is your underdog at plus 130 versus Jeremiah Wells, currently sitting at minus 161. Last time out, we saw Griffin go three rounds with Michael Morales, which is very impressive. Griffin fights do have a habit of going long. Over a 29-fight professional career, the man has been finished a grand total of once. His last four UFC fights have hit the cards. Griffin is a very well-rounded fighter, and if the fight stays standing, 
Look for him to pull ahead in terms of volume against the less active Wells. Wells' move will be to get this fight to the mat. The man scores more than one takedown per round and also boasts a 100% takedown defense rate of his own. Wells had a fantastic start to his UFC career going 4-0 with three finishes before running into Carlston Harris last time out. Harris caught Wells in a freak submission and I don't think that will be happening here. So, in the spirit of keeping it simple, if the fight stays on the feet, despite the fact that Wells carries, carries huge power, see the Court McGee fight, Griffin may have an easy night at the office. If the fight hits the mat, look for Wells to rack up control time and route to a decision win. So give me Jeremiah Wells to win this fight. There is a slight edge on the Griffin side here in terms of money lines. And if you're taking Wells, his KO or TKO prop is the way to go. And up next in the light heavyweight division, we have Zach Pauger versus Bogdan Guskov. Zach is your favorite at minus 127 with the comeback on Guskov at plus 104. All right, folks, here we go. Can we call this one the people's main event? Probably not, but the fight still fascinates me. They say opposites attract and, well, I don't know exactly what that means in this context, but we have opposites here. We saw the famous Anthony Smith impersonator Bogdan Guskov make his UFC debut against Vulcan Uzdemir late last year, getting submitted in round one with relative ease. Talk about being thrown to the wolves. Guskov is a man in a hurry. For the first five minutes, he'll be a tornado and give his all to get Pauga out of there. After that, well, life might get very uncomfortable for him. Pauga, on the other hand, has a grand total of one win by finish to his name. Look for him to drag Bogdan into deep waters after surviving the initial storm and potentially securing a finish in the later rounds. If there's any value at the window here, it's on the Guskov side, and strangely, there's a lot of value to be had on an early Guskov finish, which I do not understand, as that is his most likely win condition. On the Pauga side, if you're feeling brave, Pauga by decision is the highest value option. However, we go where the value takes us. And there are some long odds to be had here on the fight extending beyond the first round. So what is our official bet for this fight? Fight goes to decision at plus 240. And up next, moving to the featherweight division, we have Fernie Garcia, your underdog, at plus 160 versus Haida Amil at minus 200. Garcia is currently sporting a 0-3 record in his UFC career to date. The man has lost by decision all three times out. Look, Fernie's tough, he's never been finished. And the majority of his wins are by decision. He's facing an undefeated prospect in his UFC debut here in Haida Amil. Look, I'm not sure if prospect is exactly the term, given that Emil is actually 33 years old. The majority of Emil's wins to date are by finish, which makes me wonder, what will happen if Emil can't get the durable Garcia out of there early? Life could get real interesting real quick. You'd have to be a brave man to call for a Garcia win here. I mean, he's 15 minutes away from being 0-4 and four in the UFC, but I do have questions. Let's see if Emil can answer them, so give me Haida Emil to win this fight. In terms of money lines, look, well done Vegas, these lines are well set, so stay far away. There is, however, some value on an Emil KO TKO or second round finish. 
And moving to the men's bantamweight division, we have Daniel Marcos, your favorite, at minus 263 versus Orichi Lang, the Mongolian murderer, at plus 205. I'm not sure why this fight is the first fight of the night. How did this happen? Orichi Lang is not in the habit of putting on boring fights. Speaking of undefeated prospects, Marcos boasts an impressive record of 15 wins and zero losses, although mileage may vary in your view of his last fight, a contentious and split decision win over Davy Grant. But Marcos's stand-up game is impressive. He has a strongly positive striking differential and he boasts a 90% takedown defense rate. But my man, Arichi Lang, is no slouch. Just quietly, he's won three out of his last four, with the one lone loss being a strange knockout at the hands of Eamon Zahabi. The Mongolian murderer is all violence all the time. 5.3 significant strikes landed per minute, 5.6 absorbed. He also actively hunts the takedowns. Look, I'm a huge fan of the Mongolian murderer. The man is gritty and grimy, he's durable and finishable. And one thing is for sure, he's going to drag you into deep waters, put you in uncomfortable places, but he's also there to get got. I do have questions about what happens if Arichi Lang can extend Marcos into the later rounds. We know that Arichi Lang is willing to walk through the fire, and in fact, he prefers it that way. Will this be too much too early for the newcomer to handle? Give me Arichi Lang to win this fight. The value here is on the Mongolian murderer, but there's also some real value to be found on his decision prop at plus 400. All right, folks, here it is. I hope the wait was worth it. Last week, we cashed our inaugural chalked cheese parlay at plus 115. Here's the road that we're going to take to the promised land this time. This week, we have a filthy three-leg parlay playing out at plus 117. The first leg... Loma Lukbunmi and Bruno Brazil fight to start round two at minus 625. Dan Ige and Andre Feely to start round two at minus 588. And Joe Pfeiffer to win inside the distance at minus 167. Putting those bad boys together will play out, pay out at plus 117. So to recap, our official bets for this week under the Fearless Plus Money strategy are main event starts round four at plus 140. Main event starts round 5 at plus 205. The Ihor Pateria fight starts round 3 at plus 350 and fight goes to decision at plus 525. Michael Johnson versus Darius Flowers. Fight starts round 3 at plus 120. Fight goes to decision plus 200. And Zach Peruga versus Bogdan Guskav. Fight goes to decision at plus 240. And don't forget of our second chalked cheese parlay paying out at plus 217. All right, that's it for now, folks. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe on X, the underscore engineer MMA, on YouTube, at The Proving Ground MMA, or find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or reach me by email engineer at theprovinggroundmma.com. Best of luck with your bets, and let's find out.